Hi, and welcome to the Project Sebastian podcast. My name is Christopher Vellana, and I'll be your host today as we discuss the challenges of being a special needs parent. You see, my son Sebastian has Batten disease CLN8. Like you, I knew nothing about this horrible disease, and I had nowhere to turn to or no one to talk to. Even after having countless tests done, discussions with doctors, a wife at the time, family members, I felt more lost than ever. I was scared all the time, and alone, or so it seemed. After the final diagnosis, almost five years later, I took to the internet to create a podcast to discuss and talk about the very fears and the frustrations that have destroyed a family. Loving my boys was not enough. What I found out was that I am not alone. There are a great number of special needs families out there that are struggling just like me. Also, as we explore, discover, and discuss, we will find that the good, the bad, and the ugly is in all childhood diseases. So sit back and relax and listen as my guests, people like you, such as families, friends, advocates, and doctors, vent and share their experiences along their journey. We will hear the triumphs and the tragedies, and you will get all the support that you may be looking for today on the Project Sebastian podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Project Sebastian podcast. I am your host, Christopher Valona. I am the director at Project Sebastian, and today we're going to be talking to yet another family that's affected by a childhood illness. And today on the phone, we have Miss Jessica Calhoun. Jessica, are you there? Yes, I'm here. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Um, your story is near and dear to my heart, as uh, we're going to get to in a minute here. So um, as always, we, uh, we invite all different types of people and family and friends from caregivers and parents on about talking about special needs children and how they affect our lives uh, obviously for the better, but there are a lot of challenges with uh, our special needs family, and Jessica is no stranger to that. So Jessica, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, yep, I'm Jessica Calhoun, as you've already introduced. I'm 47 years old. I have uh, two children, my 13-year-old daughter Zoe and my son Xavier, who is nine years old, just about to be 10. And boy, does he remind me about it every single day. (laughs) Um, So when my uh, daughter was three, I started to see signs of autism. Mm. And um, I was in kind of denial about it. And I think that's pretty common. You know, you have these expectations as a parent and, you know, some things kind of look off and you're and you don't really you just want to dismiss it as a quirk or whatever. So around uh, age five, I started my daughter into elementary school, kindergarten, and I was uh, got a call one day and the teacher said, hey, I just need to invite you in to come talk about Zoe's progress. And walked in the office, the teacher motioned me to come into a room. I opened the room and there was about 10 people sitting around a table. We need to talk to you about your daughter. So I was basically ambushed. <laughs> um, and it was like they weren't going to <laughs> let me leave the room until I uh, agreed to something, some sort of action taken for her. And that was when I first realized something was really seriously like I needed to figure it out. But the fun of being a parent of a child with autism is it's there's so many unknowns 
uh, autism is so unique in every child. So, you know, there's just no set of rules or set of directions with this. So um, we started to work the process in the school system with getting my daughter diagnosed and um, still was in a little bit of denial. And the vice principal had uh, me look into an observation, her room with typical kids uh, where she couldn't see me. And then once I realized how she was with the other kids, uh, I was in no more denial. So then we just moved forward. So now, um, now, Jessica, you're saying that this is just your daughter, Zoe, at this time. What age is she at this time? She was five. She's five. And how, how old is Zoe now? 13. Oh, wow. OK, cool. Go on. Yes. Yep. yep. So um, we I started to focus on my daughter, never even thinking for a minute that my son may have anything going on. You know, you don't expect that. Right. So. I noticed some uh, signs with my son as well, but I'm like, nah, this can't be both kids. No, now that's what that's, that's with Xavier, right? Yeah. How, yep. how, yep. how old was Xavier at this time where you were starting to kind of see the signs? About a year and a half after old at 18 months, About 18 months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, he, um, what with Xavier, what he did was he, seemed to be doing okay. He was even evaluated and, and I was told that he was going to be just fine. But I remember that session very well because when they were leaving the house after they evaluate him, he turned around, turned a car upside down, and started focusing on spinning the wheel, which is a classic sign of autism. So I knew we had a problem. Um, but once I was getting um, a grasp on my daughter and getting her diagnosed, because that's kind of a lengthy uh thing it's not they don't just like you don't just drop them off the doctor and they go oh, they have autism and you go on your way there's a whole procedure with getting in the school system and ieps yeah. and all that stuff oh yeah so um the night before i was going to go to the final iep meeting we we're going to do the diagnosis i went to pick up both my daughter and son from their daycare preschool um, i'm sorry i'm back back I'm, I'm a little bit foggy i went to pick up my <laughs> son sorry at his daycare and the staff comes up and says mrs calhoun i'm very concerned about your son he's stopped responding to his name okay and i suddenly realized that oh my god there's a real problem here too what am i gonna do <laughs> yeah not, now you got not one but you got two now and you're still kind of confused from the first one yeah right <laughs> and i basically um in a very frank terms, lost my SHIT, um, kind of emotionally flipped out um, in the middle, right after being told. I didn't mean to lose it, but I just did. And um, my daughter, Zoe's former preschool teacher was at that same daycare, walked on the hall, said, I'm taking your daughter and your son overnight, no question. And you go take a night to like, let this process because she knew all along. <laughs> she saw sure. the signs with both kids and yeah. she's just like, okay, now we're coming to grips. So I took one night, we went to dinner, my husband and I went to dinner and we, okay, we've got to handle this. Right. But, uh, <laughs> what I was yeah. going to do, I just knew that I could get early child intervention involved with my son I knew the school system would help me with my daughter, but still it, it's, it's been a long complex um, series of events, uh, meetings, um, 
et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's so much to this. It's hard for me to explain it all in one statement. No, I, 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 <laughs> I understand <laughs> uh, being in my, uh, in a similar situation with another diagnosis, but so <clears throat> you had not one, but two in the autism spectrum. Now, are there different types of autism? Well, there's, see, it, like, the, I love what a psychiatrist told me once is um, an autistic child is as unique as a snowflake. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And every child has different issues going on. It's never, ever this. Now, there's similar. I mean, there's, it's a sensory is disorder, right? So we know we have sensory issues, correct? Um, but every child is different cognitively. Um, you know, the, like, for example, my son, Xavier, can easily, you know, put his shoes in the right feet, get himself dressed. My daughter's 13 and still has trouble getting her shoes in the right feet. Um, when we're in the car, my um, daughter loves music loud. She needs everything turned up, right? Um, yeah. She's very known for wearing headphones because she likes everything so loud. Like some, things are just dull, so she needs to brighten it up. My son can't handle loud noise. He needs everything turned down. Um, also, my daughter... I uh, didn't really have the speech issue that my son. Now, my daughter had trouble putting words together more than a typical kid her age, but she's always been able to communicate with me. Um, my son started talking normally, but then all of a sudden it was like someone slapped a piece of paper over his mouth and he just went silent. He would gain words and lose them, gain words and lose them. And it got to a point where he would just grunt and scream and melt down. So there's that both of my kids are just different set of challenges and different needs for both. And it, it, it's just figure out what they need, how we can help them. And like, it's odd because my son is a little more advanced with certain things than my daughter, but my daughter, you know, has her own strengths as well. So it's just about strengths and weaknesses right. and which are they and how do we address them so they can function in the regular world. I understand. I'm a, uh, I am, <clears throat> I'm a fan. I must say I'm a fan of Xavier's uh, <laughs> being that uh, I have worked with him um, for almost mm -hmm. uh, two years as a, uh, an instructional aide in the special education department out here in Newhall. Um, what a joy. Um, but I do see the challenges that you were uh, just explaining. So let's, uh, let's back it up a little bit. So Jessica, tell us about your family. Like, what do you do? Uh, you're married. You said, and what is yep. the, what how how long have you been married and what's his name? Uh, I've been married to my husband Ricardo. Um, we call him Rick for short. Um, I've been married to him since uh, oddly enough September eleventh, nineteen ninety eight. So three years before the big national crisis. Wow. Um, okay. We uh, okay. So this is fun. Uh, so we're an interracial couple, and um, my family didn't agree with my decision to marry my husband. We didn't really have a lot of family support. Oh, wow. We just went off and eloped and got married in a courthouse and decided to uh, build our life together despite the lack of support. We just, we connected deeply and we didn't really want to get away from that just because people didn't support or agree with us, but that was an extra challenge. So yeah. um, <laughs> to put it mildly, so um, took everyone a while to accept the whole situation and come, you know, together with it. But eventually people realized we weren't messing around and we were serious about this marriage thing and people came around and supported us. But um, so we've been married for 21 years 
And um, I firmly believe we're, we're still married because we both deeply believe in family and we're just, we're both very, very stubborn. Um, and we just don't want to end up like our families were, you know, we both have multiple divorces with our parents and things like that. So we both just have a couple really strong, deep, 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 you know, beliefs. And I think that's held it together through the challenges of that as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm uh, New York born, Michigan raised. I'm uh, grew up about an hour um, north of Detroit. And then, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my husband and I met um, in college. Um, we met in Flint, Michigan. A lot of people don't know that Flint, Michigan has a campus of University of Michigan there. And they do. They have a campus there that's more uh, accessible for people of lower socioeconomic status. The tuitions are really inexpensive. Mm. And the college professors are great. And you have access to all the University of Michigan resources. Oh, wow. People do not know that very often. They think it's just this off campus, but it was an amazing experience. And I was able to put myself through school. And that's where I met um, my husband was Flint, Michigan. And we both love California. So we decided to move out here um, in 2001. <laughs> we just kind of like, all right, we've already been like striking this out with a lot without a lot of support. So let's hike it out here. And let's we like Santa Clarita, uh, California, where we live now, because it's just a great place to raise a family. And so we've been raising our kids here. <laughs> well, that's great. Jessica, do you have any any siblings? I have five younger siblings. I uh, oh. Three brothers and two sisters. Um, we were a blended family. So what happened was, is that my mom and dad got a divorce. Um, my dad got custody, not my mom. And um, my dad, in about 20 minutes, remarried and had um, two more kids, my two sisters. I see. So we all, he opened his medical practice and we all were raised in this like little happy family for a while on the outside. (laughs) On the outside. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole whole nother podcast there, Jess. Way other whole podcast. Yep. So you're saying, so you're saying that, that, that when you met the love of your life, Mr. Wick. Uh, yeah. you, you got no support from from the family whatsoever on uh, very little um i got married to my husband in 1998 my stepmother lord rest her soul she met my husband in 2002 let's just put it that way okay that kind of sums it up <laughs> all right okay yeah so do do you find that um because of your choices of of marrying um let's just put it out there a black man yes, yes. Okay, so you married a black man, and then you didn't have any support. And then when you have these two beautiful children, did uh, the family come around then or still, like, not worried or not interested? Um, I don't think it was a lack of wanting to support us. You know, I didn't have my daughter until we were married about eight years. Um, And you know what's oddly enough? We waited a long time because I had fears of not being a good mother, which is kind of funny. Um. And I'm sure I'm not, I'm not alone in that. Um, it's more of a lack of understanding. You know, I just kind of, you know, message them an email. I'm like, hi, my kids are in this process of getting diagnosed with autism. And it's like, oh, okay, good luck with that. Let us know how it works. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's a lack of wanting to understand or a lack of compassion. I just think it's a lack of understanding and of knowledge sure. about the whole situation. It's like, Ooh, like someone says they, you know, I have stage four cancer. 
how do you even wrap your mind around that? You know, and I'm not saying it's the same thing, but I'm saying it's just a lack of, I, I have no idea how someone dealing with another illness, like, I'll be honest with you, Christopher, I know what you're dealing with your son and I don't have enough knowledge about what your son is dealing with. D- does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm, I'm right there in that arena. Um, you know, I always tell people this, uh, if, if you knew about my son's illness, I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry, you know, about that illness because it's a really fucking bad thing. And yeah. for, for anyone that's listening uh, these childhood illnesses, they are very, very important to understand because um, that lack of understanding and you turning your back on your loved ones or your friends or your coworkers is just, it's just not necessary. Yes, it's uncomfortable. I'll tell you right now. I mean, uh, being a teacher's aide in, in, in that classroom environment, there were days where it was just like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, I have all this training. I have all this experience but it's like there are some days where you just kind of like go, wow, how do you do that? <laughs> so it is it, it is very challenging. And I and I applaud not only you, Jessica, but all these other men and women that have had uh, to deal with um, the uh, a birth with a special needs or to have the segregation of family or the lack of support through family because they just didn't want to learn because it was too, you know, it was uncomfortable. So props to you. Well, I mean, here's the thing, you know, and I, I get told this quite a bit. Um, you know, whenever I introduce myself and people find out I am a mom of two children with autism, it's like, you know, oh, my God, you're amazing. Listen, um, once I found out I was having these kids, there was just no effing way I was going to fail them. And I you just do what you have to do. And I just made the choice to be strong and it hurts a lot, Christopher. It sucks. It's hard. I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. I feel scared, but I'll never forget a conversation I had with my grandmother once. Now my father, unfortunately took his life when he was just 54 years old. He was a brilliant man. He was a doctor. Um, and a lot of problems going on. And, um, we believe, I, be, I believe, so let me just like place the responsibility on me. I believe my dad had some other issues going on that never were fully addressed. I think he was possibly Asperger's. I'm not sure. But I remember calling my grandmother, his mom, and saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm just feeling sorry for myself. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and my grandmother said, listen, you have so many resources available to you now that I did not have when I was trying to raise your father stop complaining and start doing and I don't see my grandmother very much and she just like cut the niceties and just said you know stop feeling sorry for yourself stop whining you have a job to do roll up your fucking sleeves and do it basically and I'll never forget God love my grandma still living living in Costa Rica living the life and just I'll never forget like hey this isn't about you this is about your kids, you brought them in this world, you figure this shit out. And that's kind of my attitude, you know, and uh, yeah, it is hard. And I want to feel sorry for myself. But this is this is the season of my life. This is not about me. And thankfully, I don't mean to go on a rant here. But thankfully, I live in the state of California, where you know, we have regional center, we do have tremendous amount of resources available to us. No, it's not ideal. No, it's not everything we need. But damn, we got a lot going on. 
We really do. I have respite. I have um, in care. I have in-home support systems. Like I have, you know, adapt. Actually, right now as I'm talking, um, my daughter's in the other room with a therapist, and they're helping her being more independent. I have support. It's just you have to go find it. You got to figure out what you got to work with, and you just go do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just no other. There's no other options. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, when we come back from this really quick break, Jessica, we're going to talk about uh, the struggles that you're having with uh, common resource problems here on the Project Sebastian podcast. We'll be absolutely. right back. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by CSG Incorporated, the only personal consulting company that you'll need. Our passion is designed around helping others. With over 30 years of experience in a number of different industries, CSG can put you on the most efficient path of success. Our consultants will help you level up quickly, specializing in CBD, childhood illness, and addiction recovery areas, just to name a few. Call us today at 818-724-5987 to get your free 15-minute call. At CSG, we don't waste time. We create it. Okay, we're back with uh, special guest Jessica Calhoun, who is the mother of two autistic children. Uh, and we were discussing um, pretty much getting to know Jessica, but uh, let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a, a switch here in the conversation. Can you describe what it's like for you in the day for a special needs family? Like what struggles are you having with this type of uh, life? Um, I would say at this point, um, all the things you can take for granted, you know, I have a 13 year old and nine year old, and there are things that typically children can do independently at that age. I don't have that going on. There's a lot I still need to do for them. Um, so it's, I don't mean to sound negative, but mm -hmm. it's often like having a child that's much younger than 13 and nine. It, it feels like it's, you know, you have to kind of let them do what they're going to do, but then you have to double check and triple check everything, safety, self-care issues like that. Um, the other thing too, is that, so I homeschool my 13 year old. So I get up every day and figure out what our curriculum is going to be, which I have some support through a charter. So I'm not completely alone there. I'm, I want to stress that. But so I actually made the decision to homeschool my daughter because um, they kind of just gave up on her. <laughs> they yeah. told me she wasn't going to have a diploma. You know, she was just on the track to complete. And that was it. And she was having some other um, big problems in school. So I, so I took her out. Um, that was another one of those things where you jump off the cliff and assemble the plane on the way down type of things. So every day it's kind of feels like that, like, okay, what are we doing today? Let me look up the curriculum. How do I make her adhere to these standards? Mm -hmm. And then, um, the biggest struggle first thing in the morning is my son. <laughs> Cause he's always going in 20 different directions. He has autism, but he also has some pretty bad ADHD. So he's just all over the place. And then he has some of his anxieties. So he needs to have all the security things, his stuffed dog, his sunglasses, his special <laughs> shoes. If he doesn't like the color of his shirt. I love, I love, I loved his sunglasses every morning. They were the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what's really, what's really ironic is that I am um, not a big Instagram. I mean, I, I like, I, I, 
upload my Instagram pretty frequently. And so I have some followers. I may think I have a couple thousand and a (laughs) sunglass company came to me and offered, would you like to be our ambassador? And it's a company called Gooder. And they're a sunglass company that has like these fun sunglasses, like hot pink and ones with tacos on them and chocolate bars and just really fun, fun sunglasses. So I'm like, sure. And so they sent me free sunglasses. So my son gets to wear gooder sunglasses all the time and they're fun and goofy and they're not expensive and they're durable. And I'm not plugging them by the way. And (laughs) I know it's fun. I think it's wildly ironic that of all the people that come to me, like, Hey, we'd like you to represent us this year. A sunglass company did. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for my son. So anyway, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, and and here at the Project Sebastian podcast, we would love to have the Gooder Sunglass Company as a sponsor. That's the plug. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're, you're so you're saying that we do have some physical limitations. We have some emotional uh, limitations. We know that you're pretty much you're a very small tribe with the family. Not everybody's helping you out. So. Yeah. You were talking you were talking about, you know, resources and and I'm sure that that brings on financial stress. Yes. Yes, 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 cuz I left my, when my so one of the really fun things about autism is that your child regresses. Mm-hmm. They go along, you think they got something down and they don't quite have it and they regress. And my daughter the big thing was uh, emotionally, socially, socially was the heart, most heartbreaking thing I think I've encountered so far in this journey of mine was going from having friendships to withdrawing completely and all of a sudden being depressed and being in school and not being able to function. So I left my full-time job a couple of years ago to focus on my daughter. I see. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was really severe. Um, so I'm finding, I'm yeah. finding that that is becoming more common in, in this arena of childhood illness. We'll get to that in a minute, but go ahead. Yeah. So what my husband does is he works, um, completely from home and, um, he's there as a support if I need him. But obviously we know like when he's working all day, we need to shut the doors. And so I have him, he worked it out where he could be home all the time and work from home and he's very good at his job. He's a system administrator. So, um, you know, he is able fortunately to provide an adequate income and then, um, I'm able, it takes the pressure off me. I find little way here and there to make money, but, um, cause that's just my mentality. I've always been like that, but, uh, mainly I have to take care of that. They're number one above any work that I do. Right. So, and then I, of course I homeschool my daughter and then my son actually attends school where you were his aide. And, um, yeah, it it does impact you financially for sure. But I've just like, you find, if you find little ways around it, I guess, I mean. Now, does that, does that affect your current relationship with Mr. Rick or has it become better because you are staying home with your children? I'm going to be really honest with you. I wanted to sugarcoat this and say the right answer that everyone will love. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest. The reason why my marriage has survived and the reason why things have gotten better is because I've worked on my own bullshit. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I, I, you know, I, he's got his things too, and that's his responsibility. But I, you know, this is not, this is not an answer people are going to expect, but I knew that I was dysfunctional in a lot of ways. And I started to focus on myself. I got sober from alcohol a couple of years ago. Um, I started really on a path of self-improvement a few years ago 
And I knew that if I healed myself from all the family with and all the things I had gone through, I knew that my relationships would heal too. And that subsequently that has been impacted my marriage in a positive way is dealing with my own shit. I, I know you want to say, well, it was this. No, it was that. <laughs> well, no, you know, you're not, you're not, listen, you're not alone. When we, when we talk about special needs parents dealing with life altering uh, diseases, um, um, you, you will find that, that the parents or the caregivers, they, they do struggle with alcoholism, with drug addiction, um, because they don't have the tools because it is so such a hard, a hard life. And I don't, I'm not taking anything away from anybody else, but, you know, even though we're not seeing a tremendous amount of death in the autistic world, that, right. is, that is still a very challenging, especially with nonverbal autism. It is, it, I mean, it, it would drive a lot of people to seek some sort of relief. And unfortunately, I've been, uh, 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 I too understand this uh, in addiction that we, we sometimes just need to check out, which then causes a huge burden on our current relationships, not only with our spouses, but with our children and then our, you know, our parents and our families. And it's like, it becomes a really big downward spiral. So you know, I appreciate you being so candid and just, uh, just telling it like it is. I mean, because a lot of people don't. They fucking say, you're right. Everything is great. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay. So- <laughs> no, 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 no. These people need to hear that, you know, sometimes the fault lies with you. It, it's it just, it is what it, you got to take accountability for your own actions. And listen, I have every reason in the world to feel sorry for myself. But if I conducted my life that way, my kids would suffer. And damn it. They already struggle enough. I'm an adult. I am a a wonderful, blessed human being that gets to walk this earth. And as long as I have the air in my lungs and as long as I'm here, I have an obligation and a responsibility to heal the trauma that was going on with me before and to be a better parent to my kids. No, do I think this is fair sometimes? Hell no. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that I still have a responsibility to change the fucking legacy. And I still have a responsibility to my kids. And they deserve a mother and a father that is there and as healthy as we possibly can be. So I believe truly believe that when you are suffering from addictions that you have that superhuman focus you have a drive a passion you just you just tune it out you numb it out so what i did was or i replaced the addictions i replaced the negativity i got into fitness uh, about four years ago i started getting into obstacle course racing which oh, sounds yeah. completely Rip. freaking nuts right no that sounds yeah. nuts right no i love it no. i love like- the i the best stress reliever, the thing that will get my mood better than anything else is going in and going to a CrossFit workout or doing a uh, 10K trail run. Because you know what happens when you go out and you do that kind of stuff? I, I've, we've talked about my lack of support, right? So you go out there, you volunteer at events, you participate in fitness events, you go to CrossFit. This is all community-based stuff. I'm in an obstacle course racing. Specifically, I do Spartan races. Yeah, it's all community yeah. fitness-based and what happens, you go to an environment where they may not necessarily understand your struggle, but they're there to cheer you on no matter what. I, I mean, I got to tell you, um, Jessica, just by you know following some of your social media, 
uh, I do see a tremendous amount of Spartan races that you do. Yeah, uh, you would be. Uh, I would be shocked to hear that if you were not sponsored by Spartan Races to do what you do for an advocacy type of group for your, you know, for your children. But it's incredible. I mean, you know, I, 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 I have never done a Spartan race. I want to do a Spartan race just by you watching, this, just I by looking you at your pictures, Jessica. <laughs> Fuck, I'm like feeling like, God damn, this girl's doing. It. I want to do it. So yeah, no, it's it's incredible that you had found that community, you know, was it something that you were told to do or did you just fall into it? Well, okay. So I used to be, um, you know, I'm still a big girl, but I used to be about 350 pounds and I was a heavy drinker, heavy smoker. So I was on the road to death. Like it was, it was happening (laughs) sooner than later. Wow. Okay. I was laying in bed one day and I looked at the ceiling and said, I've got to do something. So I, I went to have a gastric sleeve operation, which is like the, you know, the weight loss surgery. Came out of it, didn't lose the weight I thought I would, was shocked. And the physician assistant said, why don't you try signing up for a 5K? And I'm like, you know what, fuck that. Let's do CrossFit. (laughs) So I went to a CrossFit gym, a very loving, supportive community, and was nurtured. And even though I was the last person done and cried after workouts and it's very awful, I would get encouragement. And that was what I was missing out of my life. Just simple encouragement and they didn't know my story they didn't know my day they just knew I was in that arena trying to improve myself and those people were there to say yes you can and that's all I need and that lit the fire in me like nothing else could and so what I did was a coach came to me and said hey uh do you want to do a Spartan race I saw some pictures on Facebook like (laughs) yourself and said this looks kind of cool and I said sure do you have my back are you gonna are you gonna make sure I'm okay we got your back. You come out with the team. I get there. It's a super. It's 8.7 miles long. I had never even walked that far in my <laughs> life. And I get out there and um, I we have you have to scale a wall to get to the start line. And they're like they one of the coaches, you know, got down on one knee and told me to stand at his knee to flip over the wall. And I'm like, are you joking? And I was terrified, but I will never forget one moment. I was trying to get over another, there's a few walls in the opposite course. I was trying to get over a wall and a man heard me yell out. He stopped what he was doing. He was way ahead in the trail, turned around, grabbed me, made sure I was safely down. And then he ran off. No agenda, no thank you, no nothing. Just I'm here to help. Wow. And when I got to the finish line, everyone was congratulating me and saying what a great job I did. And I was addicted to that basically I got addicted to the area where you are around people that encourage you no matter what you don't have to explain to people what you're dealing with you can just be there and say hey I'm here to support I'm here to support you I'm here to improve I'm here to encourage everyone else to improve and from that day forward I started to learn to truly love myself and because I started to truly love myself I was able to love my children better so let me get this straight, Jessica. You were, <laughs> you were a heavy girl, three hundred yep. plus pounds, yep. drinking, smoking every day. Yep. This is while you knew the diagnosis of your children, coping with them. Yes. Yep. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, uh, "Hey, you might want to try working out," and you said, "Okay," and then you fell into this new lifestyle of working out, and you've lost how much pounds? Uh, 120. You lost 120 pounds. You got sober. Did you stop smoking? Uh, my last cigarette was May of 2016. 
Okay, so all that changes. That's first of all, fucking. That's amazing. Uh, I thought I knew you, but I guess I didn't. (laughs) No. (laughs) uh, um, It's truly a credible story. But having done all that, when you said you found that the ability to love yourself has that transcended into your current relationships with your husband and children for a much more positive lifestyle? Absolutely. And the thing I found about with all this is, you know, no, my cards haven't been the greatest that I've been dealt, you know, dealt with a lot of stuff, but you know, no matter what, if you're alive, you're breathing and you have your resources, you can function better and you can do better. And yes, it has absolutely changed my, it saved. Listen. Okay. All right. Since we're on this podcast and we're telling the truth, it saved my marriage. It didn't just make it better. We went on more date nights. No, it fucking saved my marriage. Period. Love it. Because I decided to say, look at your, look at you, look at yourself, deal with your own bullshit. Let him deal with what he's going to do. Instead of trying to fix him and control everybody else around you, you be a better example. You inspire others instead. Wow. So that's I mean, what I chose to do. That's incredible. I mean, that's, 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 wow. I'm, I'm still, I'm in awe of these things that you've overcome today. So that would basically tell you that uh, change is possible when we change our behaviors and uh, when we get out of our own way and we, uh, we find a different type of motivation. Would you say that that would be accurate? Yeah, but I, I would say the most important thing to do is put yourself into healthy situations. Don't sit in a bar and expect you're going to quit drinking. Does that make sense? Put yourself in and it's uncomfortable. Yes. You don't have your security. You don't have your safety net. I get it. Going to that first Spartan race was terrifying. I was scared, but I knew something good would come out of it. Walking in that gym the first time is terrifying. Letting go of the cigarettes, letting go of the alcohol is terrifying, but man, so much comes out of being uncomfortable. And that's the thing I would say about this whole thing is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Always wake up every single day looking to improve your life. Take accountability yourself first. Put yourself in positive situations. Put life. And, you know, once that happens, the answers will come. It'll happen. And I can tell you, putting myself in this really rugged, crazy, uncomfortable path has put people in my life that have been amazing and have only just wanted the best for me. And that's it. I'm here to support you. And then what happens is when you learn to love yourself, you get to be happy for other people. Then you start being an encourager. It's like a, it's, it's, it spreads. It's your courage and your positivity is always contagious, always with your family, with your kids, with your husband. And then it's like, Yes, my life is hard. Yes, I have a busy schedule. I have everything. But I don't sit there and say, I have no life. I, hell yes, I have a life. I'm going to Arizona this weekend to run a couple Spartan races. <laughs> my husband got involved. He's lost. Oh, He used to be almost 400. He's lost over 170 pounds. Wow. He ran his first marathon because he watched me doing this shit. I didn't try to control him. I didn't tell him to get off his ass and work out. I did it first. I showed him how it was how it could be done. He got inspired. He wanted to join along. And that's mm. how it's done, fam. That's how it's done. You just yeah, have to, I, you know, you have to just be a light and be an example. And your light is there. It's there. It may be dim, but you find a way to, to brighten it up. You find people in your life to turn up that fire. And we're all so capable of this special needs parenting thing. We are. 
despite how unfair it feels, despite how hard it is, we are all capable. That's yeah. my belief anyway. So would you say that your children like this new version of Jessica? I'll put it to you like this. My daughter went out and bought me a charm for a necklace. And the charm, I'm a little bit emotional when I talk about this, so forgive me. No. The charm she bought me was a lion because she says that's what she thinks of me at. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So I wear it every day. I have a little lion pennant and I have a heart that she gave me and I have a lion pennant. She thinks of me as fierce, like a lion. Oh, that's great. That's great. And I'm sure Xavier really appreciates you doing and being the person that you are as opposed to the old person. Yeah. And the thing is, he was so much younger when I started this. This is a, the CrossFit gym. Uh, Spartan. This is all his normal. Like, I don't know if you remember being his aide and he always wore the Spartan shirts. <laughs> it was it was the crazy glasses and the uh, Spartan T-shirts on a daily. Yeah. Well, for him, it's not that he really enjoys doing the races that much. He actually like it, it makes him uncomfortable to get that money, you know, because of his sensory issues. Yeah. But what he loves is he loves what it represents. It he he knows that this stuff makes his parents happy. This stuff means a happy family experience. Mm. This means a happy mama. This mm. means strength. This means positivity. So it's it's just about what it all represents for him. He knows that this is around and this has made things better. And that's all he knows. That's all he can interpret as. And, and it's just funny. One time there, um, there's actually books that the CEO of Spartan has um, put out. One of them is called the Spartan way. And he had his therapist read it to him. And she said, I've never had his sustained attention like this. And I'm not plugging Spartan, by the way. It's just, <laughs> this is just honestly what has happened in my life. Yes, I'm an ambassador for them. Yes, I represent the sport. Yes, I encourage people to race. But honestly, that's what it is for him is that he just says, this means mama's happy. This means daddy's happy. This means we get to go travel and do fun race vacations. This means mommy sees friends and you know, it, it, that's what it all means for them. So what I figured out how to do was find, I found my community to support me. I found people to support me. It may not be my family, but you know, God love my family. I adore them. We're just, they're just far away, but I, you man, there are, there's ways to find support. There's ways to find your positivity and there's ways to find the strength you need. There really is. I, it's hard as hell, but there is a way to find I, it. I agree. And and you had alluded to that, you know, since that uh, you were, uh, you decided to stop working and then your husband was pouring on the hours. Um, you said that you found some resources in and around town that would help you. Can you, can you maybe tell our listeners something about that? Well, what happened, what I did was I went to the regional center. So I have respite. Um, so when I need a break, we have someone come over and hang out with the kids. I have, um, in-home adaptive skills therapy. So that helps the kids with, um, their independence. And before that, um, for my son, he had, um, ABA therapy, which is behavior therapy. All that's available to anybody in, Ca in California with special needs children. Can you tell us um, when you say regional center, what is that? What is regional center? Regional center is meant to support. It's a public thing. It's meant to in the state of California and it's meant to support families with children of special needs and adults. Is this available? So, is this available to anyone? Anybody that has an issue like this, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. It, it, it's, I can't stress enough how a, a little tedious it can be in the beginning, but I have an amazing case manager. 
She also has two children on the spectrum, which is amazing. See how people get placed in your life that you need, <laughs> right? If you put God first. Yeah. And um, so she's understanding and she's helped me get what I, the supports that I need to be able to happily function with our family. Oh, I think that's awesome. I'm glad that you found the support that you need to do to carry on this. You're very, you're, you're very positive and you're very motivating, Jessica. I don't know if I've ever, ever told you that, but you're very motivating. <laughs> I've been told that a couple of times, but again, I have not done this alone. I just went to find it. It's not, sure. I'm not a stand. We cannot, we are never alone. We can't do it without other people. And I've just put myself in places where I get the support I need. I'm in daily conversations with friends. I have the most wonderful, positive female friendships and they constantly breathe belief on me every single day. And it just impacts me in such powerful ways. And I've just, you know, and I, I firmly believe that once I made a decision, you know, it's like you're in a dark tunnel forever and ever and ever. And suddenly you come out of it, you start to see the light. You never want to go back in that dark tunnel again because you want to feel the light. The light feels good. It feels warm and you fight for it. You fight not to go back there. And that's exactly how my life feels. Why I am so motivated. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to feel the way I did. I want to be the best mother and best wife and best friend and best sister invest anything that I could possibly simply because when I leave this earth, no matter what it is, and we don't get to choose that I've left behind a better legacy. No, I mean, it's very important that you brought that up um, because we all need to leave this earth a little bit better than when we found it. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that you're currently doing? Is there a fundraiser for autism? Is there a, a website people can get the information that, that maybe get, a little bit of the taste of your motivation. Is there anything that you could suggest to our fellow autistic parents? I would just suggest if you, uh, if you're listening and if you're a parent of a child with special needs at all, it's just, I can't recommend highly enough um, to just start by taking care of yourself. And by that, find a gym or community, a gym community. Um, there's a couple out here locally there's results, fitness, um, any CrossFit gym, you don't have to come in, go in there and explain all your issues, but just find a place where you can take care of yourself and you have support doing it. If that makes any sense. Um, I also, uh, found that giving to others gives to me. So I've joined a lot of autism parent support groups on Facebook and you can just type that in and find them and add yourself in and give advice, give support to other parents that helps you that makes any sense. Um, I don't actually donate to any charity or anything right now. Currently I'm not like, um, I'm not promoting any charity, but I would just say, get involved, get involved, connect with other people that understand your struggle. Even if they don't fully understand the struggle, connect with people that will be motivating and positive for you. Well, that's, that's great that you suggested that because I have a, a little bit of a, uh, an idea for you. What's that? So you, you would have to say that with all these Spartan races and you've uh, lost all this weight, you're, you're pretty good at uh, competing and running, yeah? I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm better than I was a few years ago. I, I wouldn't say I'd ever take a podium, but I'm, I'm good. Well, let me, let me invite you to our first annual Baton Warrior 5K this June out here in Santa Clarita. It's going to be in the open space of the beautiful uh, Santa Creta Mountains here, where we are going to be raising 
and racing for a cure for Batten disease. We'd love to have you and your family out there. Okay, so not only am I committing to this 5K, but I'm also going to recruit anybody and anything that's. I've already been. I've already been recruiting Christopher. So well, um, we, we, told, we would. I told. <laughs> we on. would definitely love to have somebody on our team. We're always taking volunteers. We would love to have as uh, many families, not only in the special needs community, but uh, all the families in Santa Cruz to come out because it is a, as you said, it's uh, it, it takes a village and it takes uh, our own tribe people. So. Uh, the first weekend in June to coincide with Batten Disease Awareness Weekend for California, Project Sebastian putting on the very first Batten Warrior 5K June 6th. So stay tuned for that. Jessica, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. I do love your story. And I'm glad you did the podcast here because I actually got to know a little bit more about you. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me on. It was an honor and a pleasure. Great. So if you guys want to catch uh, Jessica Calhoun in her Spartan area of life, I'm sure she's on Facebook. Um, and Instagram. Instagram. So okay. I, I'm just, just add me as a friend, Jessica Calhoun. Um, it says right in my title, I'm a brand ambassador for Spartan, which I am. I just got chosen for the third year in a row. And I'm also on Instagram. Um, it's where I talk most about it. My struggles as a parent um, and my love of Spartan and all fitness in general and positivity and self-improvement. And you can uh, find me at J E S S I C A L H O U N. Um, just Jesse Calhoun on Instagram. So catch me over there. Wow. Truly awesome. I'll be following you today uh, on Instagram. I haven't followed you yet, but after today, I am very excited to follow your page to see all this great motivation and, and Spartan type stuff. Of course, if the uh, Spartan uh, clan wants to sponsor the Project Sebastian Warrior 5K, please get in touch with us through Jessica. And uh, any last parting comments there, Jess? Uh, no, I would just say, you know, um, again, we're all capable. We're all, we all can do it. Yeah. We all have a fire within us. We just got to go where it's stoked. That's right. We just gotta get. We just gotta find what's gonna fan our flames. Go toward that, and you'll be this best parent you possibly be. Very, very important words there. Be the best version of yourself that you can be, and be the best parent. Thank you so much, Jessica. That's all the time we have for today on the Project Sebastian podcast. Uh, look for us next time when we talk to yet another family that is dealing with childhood illness. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening again to another great episode of the Project Sebastian podcast. We do appreciate all of the people out there listening. Do us a favor, would you? Let's keep it alive by sharing this episode with another person, family, or a caregiver that may need this important information. Remember, connections are key, and you just never know who needs to hear some really great stuff. If you ever wanted to be a guest on the show, please drop us a line at info at projectsebastian.org and let us know what you're all about. Once again, thank you for listening for the Project Sebastian podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>